These next guests have spent their adult lives building and challenging each other to reach top degree black belt levels in various martial arts, including Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Scott and Jason discuss what it takes to achieve these levels, but also how their unique teaching styles in their respective schools have helped men and women in this community become more confident and skilled. They live on the edge of their abilities and outside comfort zones to stay lifelong learners, but quick to teach each other and others who are willing to walk the road to mastery. This is Cracker Jacks Episode 3. Here they are. Some beats down right. I'm like another man. Are you ready? I might just have to freestyle. Might have to freestyle something. All right, say anything in the mic. In in the mic? Hello. Just here near the mic. You want to move it? Hey guys. All right. It's going pretty good. All right, let's hear it. What we're supposed to do, Scott? (laughs) Yeah. What we're here for, Scott? She should have done this at two. (laughs) I couldn't have done. I can't do it at two, man. All righty, let's get started. You guys have had a lot of history together. Can you name one thing that you admire about each other? Besides this, like, rugged good looks. And, uh, beard. Beard, yes. Yeah, fairly full beard. I, can't, I still can't grow a beard like that. I'm 45. I'm still waiting. Still, I don't think I can grow sideburns that low. Um, that's it. That's it right that's there. Boom, that's it. Next. It's like James Lipton. I'm going to go with him. Um, well, I'm going to go with two things. Scott was without a doubt the most disciplined and hardworking guy. And this is again, not like I let this go back and forth and like make each other feel good. This is fact. And you know this about like diet, strength and conditioning regiment, you know, the amount of time that you'll put on the mats. I mean, he simply people like, Oh, he looks good. He's strong. He has good jujitsu. Oh, it must be some, you know, freak of nature. He's a genetic fluke. He's just this, it's like, Oh, Scott's this in this other category. It's like bullshit. You work harder than everybody else. I know period. You put in more time on the mats. You put in more time off the mats thinking about jujitsu more so than I do. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where, yeah, I've put a lot of more than most people ever will in martial arts in my almost 30 years. But you have a certain, like you said, a switch, a certain setting that I don't have, I think at this point, man. And uh, so I definitely respect that quite a bit. And it's dragged me along, meaning there have been times where I'm like, maybe I would have been pacified at a certain level, or maybe, you know, I would have I'm a little tired. I'm a little, you know, distracted on this. And, you know, you've always been someone who's like, you know, pulling it to another level. And I do. I respect that tremendously, man. And uh, that and just the critical way of looking at things that I'm just not wired for. You know, um, there's a certain way, a mechanical way. I, I don't can explain it, you know, that you have that I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I'm like different that way. So that's. And cool. That's it. Thanks. And the beard. (laughs) (laughs) What do I admire about me? (laughs) You know, I I started with Jason. I started as Jason's student when I was 17. You know, so a lot of my, like, actually sort of growing into adulthood was with, I mean, in many ways, Jason's influence and his guidance and his like I don't you know the the job I've had for the last 12 years or the time I've been allowed to dedicate to jujitsu 
Jason's facilitated all this. Like I, there's, there's nothing about me today that I don't owe to Jason in a large way. You know, I, I'm, I'm there. The world is full of lookers and the world is full of leapers, you know, and I, I trend toward looking, you know, I trend toward, you know, really think about it beforehand, really think it through. Don't, necessarily just just go out and do things and um if you don't know how it's going to work out in an incredibly unproductive unhealthy way to not try to not to not go do something that makes you nervous that scares you a little bit that is going to force you to grow i'm i'm so inspired by jason's willingness to and it's, i mean that model of he, he just you know will will go and I mean, I this is maybe going to come out sounding like you're reckless. It's not, that's not what I mean. It's like, you'll, you'll go and engage with things and do things and I'm just figure it out as you do it, which is the way you have to live. Like what I've done has been not living, has been sitting back from life. And you've, you know, you, you go and you, you, you know, like when, when we bought the yurt, when we like these things that I've done yes. that have been things where I leapt. Yes. It's been because of like, there's definitely a part of my thinking where I goes like, when I do it and I go, this is good. This is, this feels like when Jason tells me about something he did, he just went and did it. Like, oh. this feels like that. That's a good thing, you know, to, to be like that. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have started the fight, Jim. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't have happened if it had been me. I would have thought of all the reasons that it's, you know, maybe a problem or too much, you know, I would have done something else. And like, because of that, I'd be nowhere, you know, I think. So I don't know if that's quite the answer, but hey, man. I really appreciate that about you. Ooh. You gotta have reckless friends. <laughs> WWJD? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you mentioned starting the fight gym. Can you tell me a little bit about how it started? We we started when the fight gym started. The fight gym was a it was an MMA gym. So I think at the time, the UFC was really kind of going into mainstream popularity when we when we started that gym, and I think the sensibility was very much kind of that that sensibility that the UFC had from the beginning, which was that there are ways that traditional martial arts or tr traditional martial artists kind of stay in their own lane and they don't um, get exposed to their weaknesses and, and stuff like that. And so the idea was that it was going to be, there were going to be no sort of illusions. It was just what, what worked and what was proven and what, what you could back up in, in the cage. And, and so it was just a very simple, um, try to try to like strip away any, any sort of sentimentality or any sort of, these little like dodges that what 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 worked and what you could back up exactly and for like we were in you know Cook's Little Academy is a really successful family friendly traditional martial arts school and I wanted something that would be very separate from that like this is the Cook's Little Academy you do your thing over on this side the fight gym is going to be specific you know MMA like proving ground experimental lab really you know mm -hmm. <laughs> at the time so I wanted you know different branding something very separate from the Cook's Little Academy where we can actually explore that and i mean real generic and simple right i mean fight gym right. just was like it's what it is it's what it was yeah it was a cage it was like yeah a warehouse cage each other in the face and that was it yeah 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 for certain and you guys just invited people just generically off the street kind of thing or did you <laughs> it's 
Oh, well, I mean... Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, we invited everybody. Nobody ever showed up. I mean, well, no one wants to get hit in the face. Man. As it turns out, nobody wants to get punched in the face, which was news. News, but at the time. Right. When MMA was mainstreaming, to your point. Right, it seemed... And it was at the tipping where, like, you know, the Ultimate Fighter show was coming out. Mm-hmm. We're talking 2006, 2007, 2008. Right. And it was a very cool trend. You know, people were like really interested in that. And yeah, so like every local fight promotions were popping up and all kinds. Exactly. Of it seemed like people, there was a real market for it and an appetite for it. And so people, every time we, you know, go to a, a, a bar or a restaurant out at night, you know, people wanted, they were interested in what we were doing yeah. for certain. You know, so people definitely came in. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily come back. They didn't come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people were one and done. Yeah. Maybe you made it through a conditioning class. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you went to a sparring session and that was it. I mean, people. Yeah. And did their martial arts career, Scott, yeah, at the fight gym. Good, they did. And people, it was a, Which is not, I mean, no, we're not, not, it's not. We're not glorifying, I'm we're not, not proud advocating. Of it. No. It's stupid. We were younger. Yes. And it was the experimental ground. If you wanted to train in a traditional environment, you went to the Kuxodo Academy. Right. If you really wanted to prove your martial arts technique in a full contact setting, you went to the fight gym. You went to the fight gym. And that's what you signed up for. Yep. Which is not for everyone. When did you guys get started in martial arts? I mean, I started martial arts when I was like, you know, at the end of high school. So I've been in it for almost, what, 30 years now? I'm a long time. And I've always been fascinated with martial arts, you know, like kid ninja stuff, honestly. Liked, you know, doing everything physical, honestly, man. Like I told you before, I was like into like, you know, skating, BMXing, skiing. I just was always doing stuff, you know, cruising around. Um, and I just, you know, was lifting weights, training a bit. And was like, okay, how can I optimize my situation? And my buddies and I, you know, Sam and those guys, we used to have like an actual little like underground, like boxing. Like, you know, we would, my friend Matt, Matt, Matt had like taken some boxing lessons. We had some gloves and we would like meet up in people's basements when their parents were at work and we would like slug it out and recruit people, which was not nice also. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hey, you guys want to come over after school? And so we had like a little, like, honestly, like before even, like I haven't even heard of the word fight club or the book fight club or the movie fight club. Um, but we used to do that. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I got like my ass kicked by somebody that I didn't think I would, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, just because I lifted a little bit and was maybe a little bit more athletic. I had a kid like uppercut me in the nose and like split my nose and like I was a mess and my jaw hurt as well. And I just realized, man, I don't really know how to fight at all. You know, like maybe I should start training in martial arts, be able to use my legs. I mean, honestly, that's what happened. I just thought that'd be kind of cool. And I got into it. I trained. I was like, you know, a rat in the in, in that dojo at the time, that dojong. I was into it for sure. I yeah. also started the end of high school, you know, like so 20, like 20 years for me. I started when I was just turned 17. Uh, I started with Jason. Jason had the... Cooksledo Academy on uh, it was on South Franklin at the time, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's another situation. Like as soon as I started, I was there all the time, pretty much. No doubt. Yeah, he was a U star student. Yeah, I mean you know we had a lot of nice guys at the time. He he definitely stood out. He was very committed, worked hard, tough. I mean, you know, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason he's. We're still sitting here today, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he was into it. What have you seen, Jason, as you've been a teacher? This guy back in the day, 
you know, Scott, where, you know, they have an obvious interest in learning and being the best they can be. I have people come in who are looking for the easy path and shortcuts. I have people that come in, you know, with a completely the wrong notions about martial arts themselves, people who want to find some personal growth. I mean, I've, I've seen pretty much everything over the years. Um, one thing that I can say that I'm a little bit alarming to me, we've talked a bit about this. Um, I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I first started the Academy, um, I felt like I had a lot more people that were willing to work hard mm-hmm. and had some mental and physical toughness. I see some of that fading a bit, to be honest with you, you know, and I'm not saying that as a, as a society, as a whole, I'm not going to make that jump right now. I'm not going to say anything, but like in general, there could be some really tough people out there, people doing Ironman triathlons, people that are, you know, fighting MMA, people that are doing amazing things all over the planet. But for what I'm experiencing, it's a bit more difficult to really pull out the, 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 I don't know, the grit, the toughness, you know, the discipline that I saw years ago, it seems to be something that I, we struggle with as a school where, you know, back in the day I had a lot of, you know, tough adults. Maybe these adults are doing other things now. Maybe they're doing CrossFit. Maybe they're doing, you know, Ironman training. Maybe they're doing, uh, I don't know what, you know, jumping out of planes there. Uh, but we, you know, we seem to struggle with that, you know, and, and even the commitment level with kids, you know, back in the day when I had the academy at its, you know, the well, I say its peak, but, you know, we had a lot of people, you know, we still do, but people that were committed for years, you'd have a kid come in, they'd stay for six to eight years, like almost no question. We have an amazing retention rate. Now we have kids that sample it. And then three months later, they're like, oh, I'll just get, go on to something different, you know? So it's very fickle internet technology, kids attention span. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this field as far as why that is the case, but I mean, I definitely sense it and I feel it, you know, as an instructor, I used to be able to push people a lot more. Um, nowadays, it just seems like it's a different thing, you know? And, and I'm not, you know, saying it in a, from a necessarily a negative perspective, you know, I'm like, oh, this is all horrible, horrible, but I, it's just definitely, you know, People like this guy sitting next to me and others that we've come up with don't seem to be what what we're dealing with all the time these days. Truth be told, there are there are good students and there are tough people around for sure. But we we talk about the fact that like when we were coming up, especially through jujitsu, you know, my main instructor, our main instructor, Steve Maxwell, like we saw him. He was traveling all the time. He was traveling year round, doing seminars in different places. So we didn't see him all that often we'd see him a couple, maybe three times a year. Like if he would, he'd come through town and do seminars and then maybe we'd go seek him out at some other location. And so there was this, it was a, it was a foregone conclusion that learning was our responsibility that if we wanted to get better, it was, it was on us that, that, that you understood this relationship between a teacher and a student where the teacher teaches and the student learns and the student doesn't learn as a as a passive phenomenon that the student has to, 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 to know, to, to learn, to, to, to seek out the knowledge, to figure out how to make sense of things their own way, to, to, to find knowledge, to, to work through their own problems. They don't just show up, you know, it's not, you just show up day after day like and just say, okay, well, give me, give me knowledge, give me information, give me information. And then it just goes in one ear and out the other and you come back the next day and you kind of go like the same thing and you say, oh, well, you didn't teach me or you like, dude, I, who taught me? Like I taught me. I was like, 
I was out there trying to figure it out. Like, and I don't see this so much from people. I have, and I, I don't know my, my baseline. I mean, Jason doesn't want to make statements about society in general. I do. But so like my, go. my sensibility, my, my sense is that like the, the, the current, like the education system that I grew up in, where you take it for granted that it's the teacher's job to stand up in front of the class and shove knowledge down your throat. It leads to this very negative relationship with learning where students don't feel any personal responsibility for, for learning, you know, like realistically, the relationship is more like 30, 70. Like I can teach 30%, but if you don't have 70% you're trying to learn, you are learning as an active, as an act, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, you yeah. know? Which is exactly how it was with, you know, we, what you're describing as what we, we came up with, with jujitsu and same with kuksu for me. I mean, it was like, I trained, you know, locally with a guy. I wanted more training, man. I like hopped in a car and like drove throughout the night to find a guy in Chicago, to show up at his doorstep, to knock on the door, to train, to go out to California, creating opportunities for myself, going back home and not just sitting around, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, you know, constantly, constantly training, refining, building, reaching back out again, continuing those relationships, you know, putting in the effort. It's all I ever knew from my training was that you had to go out there, you had to get it, you had to be hungry, you had to have a desire to do it, which is exactly what we did in well, jiu Yeah, like I've had this thing that I keep saying is like, I have people where I go like there are there are teachers that where I go like I really want this person to 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 like me and care, you know, like I'm putting a lot of energy, but I was like, I will risk having them think I'm annoying before I risk having them think I don't care. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like I'll be that guy. Yeah. Like you may you may say, I wish this guy would leave me alone, but you'll never say, Oh, I don't even know if that guy cares about learning from me or values my knowledge or values my my input or values my time. You know? Like no one will make that mistake. Yes. And all of this, I mean, it, like, listen, at the end of the day, man, self-defense, martial arts, something that's, that's sort of an art discipline, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, it requires, it's, it's on you. It's yeah. not something that like you can, I mean, I, you mentioned before, like, Hey, what about the internet? Yeah. YouTube's great. The internet's cool. I mean, you can learn some neat ideas. You can be exposed to some things for certain. You can, I don't know, be reminded of certain material, but like, it, it's, it's not a replacement for like you putting in the time, you know, having desire, you have to own these techniques or they're just completely useless. So that sort of mentality of, you know, Oh, I'm just going to be spoon fed. You owe me something, you know, you need to put knowledge into me. It's completely crazy. And it's something that is, um, you know, it's, it's not what martial arts or something that's a true physical sense of mastery or skill is based on. I mean, it's something you have to get out and do. You have to put in the time. You have to have the desire to take that knowledge and make it yours or it's completely useless. And you're living a fantasy, in my opinion. Is there you know? something unique about the way you have the discipline? So, in other words, you could have been a swimmer or a, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I guess to be fair, like I don't have another setting. Yeah. <laughs> no i mean i have like a i don't do that setting but i don't have like a, i sort of do that setting maybe sometimes you guys get students that have that mentality that is a consumption mentality versus a create mentality and mm -hmm. there's maybe that spark that you're able to give them that show them that hey there's a there's a different way to look at it. there's a different lens to look at life through instead of thinking that you can do it in only the consumption basis, but it's going to require this intense discipline. I mean, no one told you, Jason, get in your car and drive and find your instructor. Like there's a hunger level there. And I, is that teachable in your mind or is that something that you're kind of born with or? I, I, well, I mean, I, I think 
look, if it is teachable, you have to also realize that every other aspect of this society is teaching the opposite thing. So like, even if I'm, you know, you see me for two hours a week, I'm teaching you, you have so many other hours in the week where the opposite is being taught. Oh, show up, pay your $5, get your sandwich. And that's, that's what the world is. I wanted to be a max race as a little kid. My parents knew nothing about that. Right. You right. know what I mean? They were like, not like, Hey, let's go to the BMX course. Let's do it. You know, it was like, What's this cool thing where people ride around on bikes? How do I learn about it? I'll go to Spoken Wheel when it was way down by, what was it, off of uh, Philomethian or whatever, you know, in a little tiny spot. And I'm like, you know, dragging my parents, showing them what it was. My parents didn't ski, you know, dragging my parents. and like, you got to check this thing out, you know. So, I mean, for me, since as early as I could remember, that sort of desire and that drive to like seek things out, to want to learn more about them, to get involved is always like on me. Could that be modeled? Could I, you know, inspire people who were like, you know, oh yeah, maybe that's the way you do things. That could be a possibility. I don't know, but it's all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. man. You know, that's, that's how, yeah. how I've always operated, man, you know, everything I've done. So, I mean, discipline, whatever, I mean, martial arts discipline. I mean, I, I think the focus, the desire to learn, for me transcends everything if i want to learn more about cooking you know learn about motorcycles learn about you know people culture whatever i mean it's just it's there for me man um and i've never been a, a huge i mean you finished college i did i'm a college dropout you know mm -hmm. i've never been someone who has excelled in the traditional education system you know when i was in high school and i certainly was very involved with things but I had, you know, like a 1.5 when I didn't try and a 4.0 when I did. I didn't really care. I went to college for two years. I was completely uninterested. I didn't care. I dropped out. I did my own thing. You know, you know what I mean by that? So I'm a little, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a, I, I just, I don't, I don't really. Well, like, yeah, your whole life is about taking, has been about taking your own initiative toward the things that you actually were inspired by. Yeah. Let's well put. And thank you, Scott. I'm going to grab a. Some more oh, please do. Thanks, buddy. Oh, you want this water? I'm going to want to take, take it for sure. Thank you. All right, let me see if I got some things you guys might be interested. If, if somebody wants to do self-improvement, to come into one of your studios, I believe there's a huge mental game before they even get there. Mm -hmm. And then once they get there... They have maybe a lot of barriers, a lot of um, obstacles, either mental obstacles, that they're not as vulnerable as they need to be for you to be able to get through to them of what they're capable of doing. I guess. I'm I'm here to I'm here to work. Um, if you don't want to work, don't show up. Right. I'm I'm not here to 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 uh, you know I I. I mean, it, like it goes back to the thirty seventy thing, where you go like, "Look, man, I I broke my ass try, like learning the things I've learned, and and you know, I I I burn a lot of calories learning. I burn a lot of calories trying to figure out what people, how people are understanding things, and figuring out how I can take the way they look at things." and reshape them a little bit so that they, they have some sort of insight or progression in their own understanding. Um, I don't burn a lot of calories trying to, uh, you know, to uh, get the horse to come to water. You know what I mean? It's like, 
look, the, I'm, the water's here, man. Like, I know what I know. I, I can teach what I can teach. These are where we are. If you're not meeting me, then I don't really have anything more for you. And, you know, you should stop wasting your time and my time and everybody's time. You know, if you come to a class of six people and you're sort of just there, like the class is kind of like, you know, the, the class can only sort of be as good as the person who's giving the least. And it was like, you know, I used to have like a workout, you know, you used to use, you came to my workout classes sometimes. And my attitude in my workout class was people are coming here to change their lives. And I'm here to give you the information about how to do that and to create an environment where you feel safe um, failing and pushing yourself into a point of, of real, of, of, of sort of profound vulnerability, right? So that's the, that's the space I'm trying to create. If you come to that class to chit-chat with your friend and be in the back of the workout class having a chit-chat with your friend, then you are actively working against that environment. And what you're doing is disrespectful. It's a disservice to everybody who's there to do the work. So if you want to chit-chat with your friend, Starbucks is right down the street. Go chit-chat. This place is for doing work. And so if you show up to do work, we'll do work. You know, but coaxing people across that line, that's not one of my core core uh, capabilities and like you know you and i are perfect examples of like contrasting styles like yeah. listen let's be honest i you know i i'm a bit more i you know i bring the energy you know what right. i'm saying and and that's sort of for the masses you know we got like the the Cuxedo academies you know a lot of students a lot of kids and you, your style which is fantastic <laughs> is different but it's not for the masses brother you know it's no. not it's it's not and, 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 you know, I do it. Like I, I go, I'll do a workout class. I don't care if I have, you know, 30 girls in there talking about whatever I could care. You know what I mean? We're just right. going there, having a good time, playing some music. They get a workout. We're all happy. It's good. And your, yours has always been a different project, a different situation, a different teaching style, a different focus. You're a different person than I am. But to your point that you mentioned earlier, as me, right. As like, I'm not just sitting here. I mean, you know, you and I are buddies. We've got a history. I used to teach you. You teach me now. That ability that you have, maybe it's on a, a smaller batch scale or whatever, but that ability to, to make people, to not bring the, the energy, the bells, the whistles, the dog and pony show, all the entertainment, but to have someone say, listen, this is a, a different way to look at something. Like I've never critically looked at myself, a technique, a situation quite like I have since you have given me that ability to do so. And that's a powerful tool as a student that should not be overlooked. That is incredibly uh, transformative. Honestly, it is, man. You know, like I've gone through martial arts a long time, buddy, without that lens, without that ability to do that, because I wasn't wired that way, wasn't exposed to it. That's one of the best things I've gotten from you as a student is that ability to look like, wait a minute, like, look at the situation. What do you think the answer is? Or why does this make sense? Or what, what am I doing that's holding me back from this? You know, it's a pretty cool thing, man. You know, that I think is, again, con contrasting styles. Like, yeah, you're not, you know, <laughs> jumping around making, you know, mm. but I think you're the students that you do have, that you do work with, that you have worked with, you know, have a way of, I think, maybe looking at things differently than they have before. I mean, that's sincerely, you know, like remember how many times you and I have talked, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, I just don't see things like that. Right. You know, I just don't see 
situations like you do, you know, like you're just a different, different brain, different mind, different way of, you know, and I don't know. It's benefited me greatly. Truly. You're great, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Oh, you know what I mean, man. You know, Jason, you've been a favorite teacher to many youngsters in this area. Year after year, you get new students, new parents, uh, new expectations. How do you keep the energy up? How do you not get burnt out? The moment I'm on the mat with like little kids and even certain adults I connect with, there's a pure moment there that I can't, it's difficult for me to, to, to describe. Even when I teach you know, my fitness class and I'm, you know, making little jokes and working with people, I enjoy doing what I do for a living. I really do. There are times when it becomes a lot for me. I get burned out like any other professional. Um, but I like the exchange on the mats with people. I mean, whether I was teaching them martial arts, we we're talking about basket weaving, or we would be doing any other type of activity, just dealing with people I don't mind in that moment. So, you know, I enjoy working with the little kids because it's sincere. Um, do certain kids at certain times, you know, are more of a challenge, you know, yeah, heck yeah. And, you know, and it's all how the parents relate. You know, I have some parents that just get it. They're understanding. They're awesome to work with. Being able to, you know, to have created something that has made an impact in this community. And I, it's always hard for me to gauge what kind of an impact martial arts plays in people's lives. But I get the stories coming at me. You know, people come up to me all the time and this, oh, I, I trained for six months, six years. This made such an impact. I don't really, I can't quantify or understand exactly how this has made an impact. You know, like how did like training Kuxo and getting an orange belt with me make a difference in your life? Really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How did getting a black belt really, dude, make a difference? But they take the time to say that, you know? And so there's something good going on here for sure. You know, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the exchange with people. I enjoy the people I've met. You know, I mean, like I said, if I didn't have a martial arts school, I wouldn't have this guy in my life and all that direction that this has gone, you know, and, and the neat experiences. And there are other people, too, that, you know, I've, I've, I've just positively impacted my life. So because in my opinion, the positive far outweighs the negative for me personally, the way I'm wired, the way this is, you know, this, I don't have the energy I did at 22. I've tried to be smarter with my energy and my time as a you know 22 year old new business owner, and nowadays I'm, I'm I mean maybe some could look at me as I'm a little bit less patient or I have a little bit I you know I'm a little burned out I don't know what you know what I mean I'm a little different perhaps but that's just self preservation and that's trying to be a little bit smarter with things and I'm already I mean if you're looking at me right now going I know I have a lot of energy still and I put out a ton. You know, right now I'm still finding some kind of enjoyment in this and it keeps me going. And when, the moment when I wake up and I'm like, I, I can't do things I don't like doing, period. So the day, you know, it's like the parents are too much. The kids are too much. The job is too much. It's physically too demanding. I can't stand being Jason in the community anymore. It's like I won't have the academy anymore, period. You know, my energy is in martial arts and my business. Yes. And my energy is also in other areas, too. What a great way to answer that question. I mean, look at that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's a classic <laughs> example of saying a lot and not answering anything. I should be interrogated. You know, just keep going. politics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> uh, if it, Remember everybody's name. Is it pay, does it pay better than the Kuxanoki? Okay, fine. Do I get like free benefits and stuff? That's what my friend told me. So you should be the mayor. You get like 
Great healthcare benefits. All the free coffee. All the free coffee. Yeah, tell me about the book, Scott. I saw that, The Superhero Simplified. Right. And you said something in your blog about people surprise themselves. And I think part of the thing that, you know, Jason just alluded to is the the hour or whatever they spend with themselves or with you and themselves, there's I I believe there's a core um uh virtue or, or that is being built that um helps them surprise themselves. Mm-hmm. And what what was your kind of your your idea behind the book? Well, the book, you know, the book is a collection of uh, blog posts I wrote. I had this, I maintained this blog from uh, I think it was like 2013 to 2016. Um, and it was just, you know, I had a, like I said, I say in the introduction to the book that like I I had I was a brown belt in jujitsu when I started and I had been teaching um you know, workout classes. And I had been training a lot with, uh, Steve and I just felt like I, I was finally at a point where, you know, I, I, I knew some things and I had some perspectives and I had some ideas that I wasn't necessarily hearing from other people. And it was sort of like, you know, you, you come up and you have these ideas that are like, you don't hear other people say, and then you say them out loud and people will like, that's ridiculous. But I was getting to this point where I would say these things and people were like, nah, okay, that, that makes sense. Like that actually like, so I felt like I had some things to, to share and some, some things that had some ways that I was starting to see how I had been locked inside certain mindsets or, or certain misconceptions, or there were things that I had taken for granted sort of existentially that had, that had held me back. Um, and that, growing as a person mentally and spiritually and physically and and was about seeing these things a little more clearly and and knowing what to do about them and and or coming up with new ways of of sorting through those things when i came up against them and so it ended up just being this collection you know it started off as a it was about you know it was going to be stuff about working out and stuff about diet and stuff about martial arts and and it is but it's all sort of the things that held me back in each of those fields. It was, it was always me. It was always my glitches. And a lot of my glitches, I, I felt like there are glitches that are specific to me, but then there are glitches that are, you know, cultural where, you know, you, you have these ideas about yourself that are ingrained from, you know, this cultural message or this, this idea. And, and so coming to some sort of baseline about what it is to be a human being, what it is to have a a physical body, what it is to, you know, how you, you interact with your environment, how you interact with different kinds of situations, how you interact with aggression, how you interact with um, fear, how you interact with all these things. It, it all sort of circled the same theme to me. And so, I mean, super, superhero simplified was, it was just kind of like a, I thought it was like a cute name at the time where it was like, you know, if you want to be sort of, you know, more like Batman, you know, you do these things, but can you guys beat up Batman though? Really? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's all those blog posts collected. And then I had some other stuff that I had prepared for different private clients, different essays. Like they were very specific to um, like getting over some of the, the higher belt um, humps, you know, in, in jujitsu where, you know, our experience, I think was similar, which was that like, Mm. you get to a certain point in jujitsu and you're good, but the, 
it stops being about like, oh, you just need to know how to do this move or that move better. It starts to become about like, okay, why are you rushing in this position? Why are you, why are you getting frustrated in this position? And you start un, unpacking that and it starts to get really sort of deep down into the core of who you are. And you realize like, oh, when I get frustrated, when I'm held in this position, it's a lot like when I get frustrated when I get held in a situation in life where I feel like, oh, I can't get out of this argument. I can't get out of this situation with my in-laws or whoever. And and the way I react and the way I process it, you know, the, if I have a sense of myself under threat and so I feel justified lashing out or stuff like this, I do the same things on the mat that I do in life. And so the progress that you're going to make at those points, you know, because those are the moments where on the mat, a lot of times those are your failure points. You know, it's like you 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 start you freak out in that position. And so or you rush in that position and you get exhausted and then it's bad and bad things happen. And so unpacking how you make progress and change your your habit and your behavior has a lot to do with, you know, you, you can't just separate out. Oh, this is my jujitsu change I make. It's a change you make in your understanding of yourself a little bit. And so, um, you know. The, the, so a lot of the material, the the added material is is about um, some of that stuff. So I think I think it's pr- pretty interesting stuff. And I mean, it's you know, it's jujitsu, but it's not jujitsu. It's about what know. is jujitsu like? Is it? I'm assuming it's something beyond the the kung fu's and the like. Give me. Oh, you take this one. It's jujitsu. It's a, you take this one. And I'll jump in. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, like the nuts and bolts of of, of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, is like a it's a martial arts style that was uh, basically refined out of um, Kodokan Judo um, by the Gracie family, largely by the Gracie family in in Brazil in the early and mid part of the twentieth century. Um, it's a martial arts style that focuses um, heavily on grappling uh, over. Um, strategically on grappling uh, uh, instead of where, you know, most martial arts styles you're familiar with look like Bruce Lee, look like kicking and punching. There's a depth though. There's like, um, the way I understand it is I could train that physically, Mm -hmm. but mentally it's, it's a lot deeper where, and again, I'm totally naive. The depth gets into who you are as a person and you train deeper into your character. Well, I mean, and- like I said, I don't I don't have another setting. I mean, that's what it was for me. I think I think <laughs> I mean, like, I think the the way I always approach martial arts, I think the way we approach martial arts was that martial arts are a tool for, you know, like the difference to me between a sport and a martial art has a lot to do with, you know, whether it's a, I mean, obviously sports push you and test your character and build character and require discipline and all these things. But the, the goal of the sport is largely um, to win the specific physical contest, you know, and, that, and that's its orientation. And that's the conversation that typically surrounds it. Whereas a martial art, not because it's, you know, just because of the, I don't know. It's a, it, there are, there are, there's a larger conversation surrounding this where you start talking about character development and spiritual development as, as functions of physical development or as necessary aspects that you're, you're trying to develop your mind. You're trying to develop your spirit. You're trying to develop your, your body. And that, um, that one kind of can't go without the other and that each one sort of affords you the ability to, to push the others you know, when, when one, you know, the three sort of toggle together, when one goes up, it gives you the ability to bring the other two up and past. And 
And that when you have insights about your yourself or you have insights about a technique, it can lead to an insight about yourself or vice versa. And that the goal is really, um, I mean, one of the things you hear referenced is like Jigoro Kondo, Jigoro Kondo, who founded, he was the founder and creator, well, the founder of Judo. He said the, the purpose of Judo is the perfection of man, right? This sort of the refinement out of any sort of negative ways of, of, of being in the world, of, exist, of, of interacting with your environment. Um, and his, his real goal was the, was the development of the character of the youth. Um, and so martial arts, I mean, and this, this was the beginning of what became sort of the modern martial arts paradigm where there's a, you know, there's a school and you learn a style and right. There were different, uh, things before that, obviously, but the, the, the new paradigm with the belts and the whole thing started with judo. Um, so there's always been this larger conversation surrounding it, which is, I mean, it's why you might do kuksudo rather than just than kickboxing. Not that kickboxing is not incredible, but that, you know, if you go to a kickboxing gym, you expect to learn how to kick and punch and you expect to learn, you know, be pushed and these things, but you're not there to maybe talk about, um, the, the, the breath as a means of meditation, as a means of coming into attunement with your spirit or these things. So, um, all of which is to say, yes, like in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a sport as well. And there are plenty of amazing athletes and, 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 um, and amazing black belts who, you know, their, their focus is very much, and their schools are very much focused on the sport. And, and that's, and that gives a lot to a lot of people. And, you know, their students benefit tremendously for that. But for me, um, I always had this, this broader sense of what the project was. So I don't know. I mean, I think like, I can't, when I, which is to say, right, that when I speak the, about Brazilian jiu-jitsu as being these things, I'm, I'm really just speaking about my own sure. version of it or my own path in it. Um, it's not necessarily the, the statement about sure. what the thing is. I mean, martial arts for me, whether it's kuksudo, jiu-jitsu, has never been about a sport. It's never been about the competition. You know, we're not in competition-based school. I mean, yes, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a huge, you know, sport these days. That, and we're not. You know, we're 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 rooted in the more self-defense, self-refinement aspects of, of the art, and uh, and I've always been in kuksudo as well. We had our time when when it was all about proving. You know, yep. with the MMA, and we were trying to take that amazing traditional model of kuksudo and saying, okay, this is great. This is a wonderful, you know, traditional martial art with all the character development and the structured belt system and all those things that, that, you know, make traditional martial arts wonderful. Okay. Let's, let's see what really works though. I had, I had a lot of, you know, questions in my mind as an instructor, as a fourth degree black belt, as a, as a representative of the martial arts community, Hey, can I really apply these things? Can we really make things work? And, you know, boom, we, we, you know, the fight gym is born. So we went through a period where it was all about, I almost threw a lot of the traditional stuff out, still maintain the Kuksudo Academy and all of its integrity, but at the same time, sort of personally, like, oh, that stuff doesn't really matter as much. I I really care about just production and what really works, what, you know, um, really motivated me at the time. And, you know, Scott as well. And then I think we've come, I personally feel more full circle, you know, Mm -hmm. with, with, hey, you know, we went through that phase. We're talking, you know, a decade or so. Yeah. And you know, now it's like, okay, well, jujitsu, okay, it's not just about, you know, the results on the mat. Because jujitsu is one of those martial arts, if you don't know it, you're done. You know, honestly, in my opinion, you get on the mat with somebody in, in yeah. within the within the confines, within the 
the context of like a gym, you, know, you clap hands with somebody, you do some grappling, you don't know grappling, other person does, and they, you know it's not just a free for all. You know, it's it's one of those martial arts that you know completely you get dominated by it if you don't know it, and it's it can be like wow, you know, everything I've known up to this point doesn't matter because this guy can be naked choke me. Um, and uh, I think the more and more that we've been involved in, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Gracie Jiu Jitsu training with amazing masters and people um, come to appreciate, no, man, it's, it, it is a martial art, you know, just like, you know, Kuksudo was or other traditional martial arts where it's about the, the personal journey, the, the self-refinement. Um, like you said, learning more about yourself through that martial art, certain quirks, certain, you know, uh, detriments that you might have as a person, you know, they might come out on the mats, but they're also some things that you do in real life. And there are ways that you can, you know, I don't use the martial art to improve that. So, um, you know, for me, it's kind of come full circle in, 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 you know, in my opinion, my personal journey. Um, you know, I don't really care about competition. I don't care about winning fights necessarily right now or anything crazy like that. I just, you know, every day I've got challenges on the mat that I'm trying to deal with. And um, 99.9% of the time I'm in my own way. You know yeah, yeah. what I mean, man? And that that's, takes a lot of... Uh, you know, you got to take a look at yourself, you know, and figure out why that is the case. And where else are you in the way of yourself in other areas of your life? You know, it's not just the microcosm of the, you know, the mat where these things, you know, solely exist, you know. So it, it, it's it's a, it's a very cool thing for me. The vibe of belt chasing and all that stuff that you guys have probably seen. And um, do you, is there like, obviously you guys are constantly learning. Is there like a point where you're like, yeah, I kind of figure this out or is there a is there something that still you still have excitement for in the art like still a drive to do that or do you guys feel that there's um you've you've kind of crested in your in your understanding of how this all works so the <laughs> i think the no definitely not the but the the thing now that you know the the moments of take something that you you quote unquote know and you've been doing for years and then suddenly you know have this little this insight about it because it got challenged in a specific way or you were thinking about something completely different and some detail that you learned about a different situation and then realize that you sort of like take this little um sort of idea from that and it and it somehow like puzzle pieces in with another thing you know and suddenly that thing is brand new to you again those those moments are are what i'm chasing i mean those are incredible moments you know like i yeah it's just been um like there's realistically after a certain point you say all the ways of taking one human body and its capabilities for pushing and pulling and striking and squeezing and whatever, and orienting those against somebody else's vulnerabilities, right? Oh, my elbow doesn't bend this way. Oh, my neck doesn't bend that way. My neck needs air and blood to go through it, all this stuff. Like there's nothing, nobody's inventing a new move. And for me, I mean, just here, my take on it. I mean, I'm sitting here with a, you know, whatever, master's degree in Cooks We're both, you know, whatever, black belts in jujitsu, mm -hmm. right? professored up, whatever that means these days. Right. Um, I mean, there isn't a day and I'm not going to drop any, you know, names or whatever, be like, okay, you know, but like the, every day that I get on the mat, 
I'm amazed with like little things that I'm improving on. You, you know what I mean by that constantly? Or I had a misunderstanding about a particular technique or I've, I've discovered a, there's a, a better way to do it. Or you know exactly what I mean. It's unbelievably humbling. It sounds like one of those, you know, like, Oh yes, you're a black belt and you become humble like this, all this ridiculous rhetoric, but like, no, actually <laughs> right. it's, I, I've never been more, in my opinion, you know, experienced more humility, more like, wow, like there's so much more to learn than now. And I bet personally at the highest level I've ever been, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been sitting around me and like, I mean, I look guys with a master's degree in Kuxedo and under a great guy and you know, here we are as professors of jujitsu after all these years, and I'm fixing, you know, a rear naked choke, an arm bar, standing self-defense. I mean, there's every day that I'm on the mat, I'm just blown away by, you know, how much I don't know and how much I can refine. And to me, that's exciting. I mean, there are days when I'm, I'm sore. You yeah. know what I mean? There are days when I'm burned out. There are days when I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this stuff. And then you and I will mess around and, you know, we tweak something or I, I discover, oh my goodness, that's how you do that. Or I feel a higher level of it, you know, and I think that happened when you and I went out and we trained in California and this sort of thing. And you realize there are masters out there that just have a different technique, a different way of doing things. There's other levels out there that are just, you know, like, oh, my goodness, this is not what everyone else is doing. And to me, it's just incredible. And I experience it in our gym on a daily basis. And that sort of for me, you know, keeps keeps me inspired and keeps me in it. And that's interesting to me. I definitely crusted. Heck no, man. I mean, mean, it's an arrogant 20. I thought I knew a lot at 22 when I opened my school as to be like, Oh yeah, I know more than the guy next to me. So I'm going to open up a hang a shingle and start teaching people right. with conviction, authority, the unmost unbelievable confidence on the planet. I didn't know anything, man. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. Like I was way, yeah. I felt like way more of a badass <laughs> at a at 21 with a black belt in cook's hole than I do now. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> it was like just completely delusional. But I was know? like 32 with a blue belt and a cage. And I yep. thought I was something. Yep. <laughs> Like that's, go to the that, bar, yeah. go to the bar, like you know, watching UFC fights, being like, "I'll tap everybody out in here." You know, it was like ridiculous, man. You know, and now it's like, you mean this dude next to me is a scare? I mean, you're you're a skilled guy. I don't suck. I mean, you know, here we're teaching. I, my goodness gracious, it's like I'm still fixing. Like we're doing like white belt self defense improvements here. Improvement. It's crazy, man. You know. So I, yeah, that to me. I mean, you know, if I get out of this, I get out of this because I just decided to get out of it. You know, like I'm done. But like, it's it's certainly not going to be the case of like, oh my goodness, bro, I've learned so much about martial arts now. And it's just nothing else to learn. Nothing else to learn, man. I think I should like move on to, you know, Krav Maga. Yeah, I just, uh, (laughs) you know, no, it's, and, and we've been fortunate enough, you know, my training in Kukso, Chunchik Yang, master out in San Jose from Busan. He's, you know, very, talented guy, 70 some years old. He's really good. I had a great model, you know, coming up in traditional martial arts through him and, you know, his relentless, uh, demanding perfection constantly. Um, we've been very fortunate in jujitsu. Yes. You know, Scott had to figure a lot of things out on his own. I had to figure some things out, but Steve Maxwell, I mean, he's a pretty well-known guy in the jujitsu community and strength and conditioning community worldwide. Um, we've been able to go and train under some amazing people over the years, you know, all over that are the best of the best in jujitsu. And, um, you know, uh, I think have, for me personally, I've been able to experience like, wow, there's, you know, stuff out there that is far beyond my little garage and chagrin. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Like if this guy hasn't figured it all out yet, I mean, I certainly haven't either, you know? So we've been pretty fortunate that way. <laughs>